We're speaking today with Liz and Dick Turner, explorers and amateur ornithologists who have traveled the world in pursuit of interesting birds and their habitats. Now here at Tanager Wealth Management, you could say we have birds on the brain. After all, we named ourselves after the Tanager to represent the evolution of investing. So let's get right down to it. How did a civil servant and an IT consultant who have lived in London since university except for a posting to New York in the 70s develop a passion for watching birds in exotic places? When we were kids, we were both separately interested in natural history. That was accepted. When we moved to New York in 1976, we lived four blocks from Central Park which is one of the best places in the world to watch certain types of birds, including tanagers. And we took up bird watching after an article in the New York Times, which said May the 7th is the big day in Central Park for the warbler swarms that come up from South and Central America, passing through to Maine and Canada. So we started watching these crazily brightly colored birds passing through Central Park for two or three weeks at a time. And we started there, and then we went on to do trips to Florida, Arizona, and um, Trinidad and Tobago, all from New York. That's when we lived there. Well, Trinidad and Tobago was a very expensive trip for us in many ways, because we discovered the delights of tropical birding, and it's been depleting our bank balances ever since. Um, once you start looking at beautiful, brightly coloured, exotic birds. If you're at all interested, it's absolutely addictive. That's fantastic. And I, I love the fact that it all started in Central Park yep. in New York. That's terrific. Um, you've travelled, I know, to so many fascinating destinations. Tell us a little bit about some of your favourites and why they're your favourites. Well, we're not just birders, we look at history and culture. And I think the single most fascinating country we've ever been to is Ethiopia, because there are lots of special birds because of its geography, the high land in the Horn of Africa. But the history of Ethiopia from <coughs> two or 3,000 BC through the uh, Christians, the Jews, and all that, all that stuff gives you a tremendous range of architecture and buildings and that's I think the single most fascinating country there are others well if you're talking about favorite which is slightly different to what is the most fascinating I suppose we'd have to say it's well which places have we been back to most often and without any question that's India and Mexico and in both cases, I would have to say that they have a wonderful range of birds, which is, is always good. But equally, they both have fascinating cultures, different in various parts of the country. Uh, they are both relatively easy to travel in. Mm -hmm. um, they're both fascinating places to visit. And I'm going to have to say, by and large, the people there are incredibly nice. And we've always 
give or take the odd attack of bad stomachs and missed trains and whatever, we've always had a really very good time in all of them. In, sorry, both of them. Yeah. Well, um, for our listeners who might be inspired to follow in your footsteps, <clears throat> tell tell us a little bit about how you put these trips together. Um, and, and especially for some of the more remote and challenging destinations that you've been to. Uh, do you uh, always use a tour company? Do you uh, do DIY? How does it work? It depends on the country. And of course now, compared to 25 years ago, the internet makes things so much simpler to organize with local birding people. There's a wonderful website called Birding Pal where you can contact people in all odd countries. Is that birdingpal.com? Birdingpal.com. Okay. So, uh, like three years ago, we went to Madagascar, and the only way you can do Madagascar is with a local person, because it's just too difficult to arrange the hotels, the transportation, and the ground transportation. It's just impossible. But anybody who needs to go to Australia to look at birds, you can just do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And Mexico, we just do it ourselves. So it, there's a range of options there. Some places you have to do it through local experts. Some places there's no problem. But the internet is a wonderful resource to, to in, investigate these options. But what we do not do any longer, if we can possibly help it, is use any of the large tour companies. And why is that? Well, because I'm very happy to spend a large amount of money pursuing birds and whatever around the world. Uh, And I don't mind doing that in the least. What I want is that if I am going to spend that money, I want it to go to the local communities and the local people. Uh, What I don't want to do is maintain somebody's smart offices in Mayfair. Thank you very much. And once or twice we have used... Uh, big companies and by and large we have not a not been terribly happy with them Mm -hmm. and b been absolutely appalled at how much they charge and I'm not if you're going to travel in India parts of Africa South America it would be reasonable that you do not expect to pay the price that the local people do no that's that's Fair enough, you don't do that. And I certainly don't mind paying well, well over the odds. But when it comes to something like several hundred percent over the odds, fine, if I'm going to do that, then I want that money to go to the people that I'm actually dealing with. So what we tend to do is, if we don't just do it ourselves, and I think we used to do more ourselves but I think possibly we went to less challenging places I mean the thought of trying to organize traveling around India you could do it but it would be an awful lot of work and you couldn't possibly drive whereas most most of the world you can drive yourself Um, it is just a lot easier if you have somebody else to do it for you and so we try and find people on the ground who will organise it and take cognizance of what we want to do. Basically, we prefer to travel just the two of us. 
not in a group. And if you're going to do that, then you really need to have somebody that you could discuss it with. So we do it, find local companies or local individuals and then talk it through with them and work out what we want to do. And it's quite possible, like in a longish trip, a few years ago we went to Peru and we found a <coughs> week's tour in the middle of a six or seven week trip from Cusco down to the Amazon. So we just bought that from a local person. <coughs> the rest of the trip we did ourselves. So these things are all, all possible. Kind of mix and match. Mix and match. Yeah. Depends on the country very much. Yeah. And of course, there are now an increasingly large number of countries to which it is not possible to go anyway. So however difficult it is, is irrelevant because uh, I mean, I'm, I hope that I'm not a wimp about traveling, but going to places where you know it is going to be dangerous before you set out uh, doesn't actually hold a great deal of attraction. So <clears throat> there you go. Um, and finally, we are getting to the question that is close <clears throat> to our hearts here at Tanager Talks. Can you tell us about the Tanager? And let's start with this. Have you seen one? And if so, where? Well, we started off in Central Park, where there are Tanagers in the summer. Uh, the Tanager is, is an ex extra... Well, can I put it this way? You, um, they are extraordinarily beautiful and extraordinarily colourful. Um, several of them look as though Disney has just gone completely berserk and invented this crazy creature which and they just used every color in the palette in order to create this multicolored vibrant bird um, <clears throat> and very you normally see them in the forests in um, Central and South America and it is quite possible that you will walk for maybe two hours and you will see nothing. And then all of a sudden, you will get a flock of birds, all different species, primarily tanagers. And at that point, you sort of wish that actually you hadn't seen them because there are so many of them and they're all so different, you have absolutely no possibility of identifying what you're looking at. Um, I think they are probably the most vibrant in colours, aren't they? Mm -hmm. um, I hope that uh, on your website you will have some photographs of various kinds of them, because they, really they really are quite extraordinary. Um, they're very near and dear to our heart and when we were in Peru four Seven. years, five years ago, we were birding in a place called the Manu Road which is an internationally world famous place for watching birds and we were with a very 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 fine bird watcher who was leading us, young Canadian guy and we were looking at birds and um, I said you know I really I we both saw this bird and I said you know I really would like to pin that one down in the book because I'm not sure which one it is 
So we got the book out and I flicked through it and I flipped through it again and I flipped through it again and I thought, ah, you know, I must have just misseen it. So when we caught up with our guide, we said, you know, we saw this bird and I don't know, what do you think it is? Because it's not in the book. And he went, oh my God, can you describe it to me? So we described it to him and he said, that is a new tanager. We only discovered it last year. And very, very, very few people in the world have ever seen it. So we think we're probably amongst the first half dozen to a dozen people who've ever seen it. And it's still not been properly classified. Uh, we believe we were told when we were in Peru recently um, that it's just about to be included in the ranks of birds. So it's we sort of think of it as our tanager, really. And I think it's going to, is it called the bamboo tanager? No, it's, it's going to be called the San Pablo tanager, tanager I, think. Yeah. <clears throat> I think. But it's not clear yet. No, but they still haven't finally... So that's that's very special. That's, that's... That is very special. Um, and um, as we're a new tanager, it's mm. very exciting it to is. know that, <clears throat> that you were one of the first people to see another new tanager. Mm. So mm. that all fits and it's terrific. Um, I, I'd like to close by asking you one more question, which is where are you off to next? We're going in a few months' time to the Philippines, a big archipelago of <laughs> islands which have been isolated for many years. So there's lots of special birds in the Philippines. People know about the Philippine monkey-eating eagle. That's the one of them special ones. But doing a, just a two-week zipping around tour, we we hope to see a lot of the endemic local specialties. <laughs> That's our next trip. Very exciting. Um, I wish I could go with you. Um, Liz and Dick, um, we have learned actually in a short amount of time a lot um, about exciting uh, travel opportunities, uh, about birds, uh, about the tanager, and I want to thank you both for being on Tanager Talks. It's a pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you. <clears throat>